I trust she will. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak ceiling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? <laughs> Let's watch Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a Hi, this is Carl. I wrote this song. I- I'm Mike's friend. My turn-ons are satin sheets. I love to be outdoors. Follow me on Twitter. Jokes to Carl. The French duh, not the duh duh. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube. With Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube. With Mike Well, that's uh, not too shabby. What do you think, Carl? <laughs> I love the new theme song. That new theme song is hot. Uh, that was uh, <laughs> Carl Half doing the new uh, the mic mix of uh, Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube with Michael Spiegelman. But it's now with Mike Spiegelman. Thank you, Carl. You're, I was trying to correct that, and you just said Michael. Well, I, 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 maybe I did that on purpose. I don't know. Maybe I'm a sick bastard. Uh, Carl Half is uh, calling us all the way from the East Coast, from New Jersey. Yeah. You uh, have you seen? Uh, you know, uh, I'm Facebook friends with Joe Piscopo. Speaking of New Jersey. Really? Yeah. That guy's going to run for governor next year. Well, you know what? Could be worse. Uh, <laughs> I wrote. I wrote to Joe Piscopo. I said, Mr. Piscopo, uh, I just found out today that my brother. Is, uh, and you are friends on Facebook, and I'm a bigger fan than my brother. And he followed me, so I appreciate it. Wow, that's yeah, great. Yeah, that's great. You know, I had his album. Uh, Carl Hoff, great to have you on the show. Uh, last week, we, you, last episode. Uh, by the way, this is uh, broadcasting live. Uh, was it December 11th, uh, where the State of the Union is hacked? Uh, that's I watch CNN before I come up here, and uh, it's great to have you here, Carl. Uh, we're going to uh, premise of the show is simple: just go to YouTube. We're going to put say a movie, and we're going to search it, and we're going to watch it. And uh, if you had great, and if you like the idea, you know what? Be friends with us. Follow us. Uh, you can go to Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube. Dot blogspot. Dot com. And it is a blog spot, and we'll have the embedded movie, and we'll have the embedded podcast. And the premise is you listen to the podcast and watch the movie at the same time. And it's like we're, we're bonding together. We're riffing. We're reminiscing. Uh, and there's a lot of great stuff there, and we're on iTunes by our acronym, L W A F. 
L-M-O-Y-T. Oh, my God. I almost had an aneurysm in between trying to figure out that. <laughs> There's no laughing matter. And then uh, you can go to mutinyradio.fm, listen to us live Sundays 2 to 4, Pacific Standard Time. You could go there anyway. Go to podcasts. Go to Sunday. Go to my, my thing. And boom, you got an RSS feed directly from us, this radio station. So, anyway, <clears throat> that's enough uh, house clearing. Let's start with this movie. It's a long one. Uh, our previous episode, Carl, it was so great to have you here. We watched National Lampoon's Class Reunion, their related theatrical follow-up to the greatest movie of all time, National Lampoon's Animal House. And uh, we're going to continue with National Lampoon movies. This one is definitely below the radar. It's a, a curio for sure. Uh, National Lampoon, you know, as Saturday Night Live had their uh, seasons changed from the writing and the, the cast, National Lampoon, by the early 80s, was run by uh, the publisher, Maddie Simmons. And it was more like a lot of TNA, uh, a lot of topless girls, and a lot of just kind of smoothed out humor. It still had a lot of its features. I, I read it. And one issue in October, the October 82 issue, was a full-length single theme story issue about the adventures of two uh, white kids named O.C. and Stiggs who just hang around and torment their rich neighbors. And it must have resonated. Uh, cartoonist Alan Moore based a cartoon in the uh, 2000 AD uh, magazine series. It was called uh, DR and Quinch or something like that. And they're like ruffian uh, juvenile aliens. And then... This movie came out, and I don't think it was ever theatrically released. It was definitely on video. I've seen it. Uh, the Dark Room, which is closed now. We used to do Bad Movie Night here in San Francisco. We did it for 10 years, and we did do this movie, and this one was a tough movie, Carl. Yeah, absolutely. I think that it was... I'm not sure if it was... Uh, it did go to theaters, but like in 1987... Like, they shot this, it completed in 1984, but it it tested so bad um, <laughs> that they just, you know, put it in the vault. But it was released in 1988. I'm not clear if it was into the theaters. Right. I, in 88, you could go straight to video. Absolutely. Um, that's probably what happened here. So what's interesting about this film, too, is that this is one of the few National Lampoon's movie that does not have the title National Lampoon's or National Lampoon Presents. It says O.C. and Stiggs. And I think maybe we'll see when we watch the movie uh, if the original authors of the, uh, which are National Lampoon writers, uh, or the original source gets credited as as based on the magazine or whatever. But... It's 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 weird. They don't really mention National Lampoon in this, and it's weird that it's a Robert Altman movie. Yeah. Uh, so we're we're gonna definitely be doing the weird bad movie thing where you take a distinguished uh, director and you only watch their misfires. You only watch <laughs> 1941. You only watch uh, uh, Skidoo. You know, you only watch the uh, terrible terrible films, Buddy Buddy. Uh, anyway, so enough of this. We we got a long movie to sit through. So let's go ahead. It's O.C. That's the guy's name. It's Orville Cromwell or something like that. Right. Orville Cromwell. And Stiggs. It's O-Nazi. It's O-Nazi? <laughs> On YouTube, it's O.C. And the, the and symbol, the ampersign, O.C. dot ampersign Stiggs, and then parentheses, 1985, close parentheses. And this is on the YouTube channel of the 
shoe fits with the yeah, shoe. Yeah, with the zero. All right. Uh, hang on a sec, Carl. Why don't we... Uh, yeah. So we're going to go ahead and click it, and we're going to hit pause uh, while it buffers so that when it actually gets ready, it'll, it'll be paused on it. Uh, excuse me. We have a slow internet connection here in the station. I was so glad that you told the audience ahead of time that it was O.C. and Stiggs. Yeah. Because I, you know, I was able to watch the whole thing. And uh, originally, I got really upset with myself. I had to watch it a second time because the first time I watched Lilo and Stitch. Oh, you cold, cold bastard. <laughs> so I had to go back. <laughs> All right. Uh, my preference. Yeah, well, this is, uh, uh, if you go to the Disney amusement uh, rides, Disney World, Disneyland, what have you, there is an O.C. and Stig's Land, which they don't really uh, publicize, but it's definitely yeah. a lot of fun. Speaking of a lot of fun, this movie is an hour and 49 minutes, so we are going to kick it off. Uh, so I had hit pause while it buffered. It has an American flag. I am paused at 000. Hopefully you are too. Let's go ahead and watch a full-length movie on YouTube. Uh, when I say go... After the countdown, let's click the triangle. So, three, two, one, go. How exciting. Already I hate this movie. <laughs> it is bad. It is so bad. It's just noisy. I have it also on my DS. So, there are a few fun things. Like, if you really have to look. And one is their, their car. Uh, what about the car? That one, that white one right there? No, it's a... You'll see the flag in a moment, and you don't get to see the car until they go and purchase it. It's a, it's a clunker. Uh, you'll see. It's a fun car. It's a fun car. There's the flag of it. Yeah. Oh, and Mike, I was brought back to an earlier time watching this beginning because you hear the radio remember that kind of radio banter you don't hear that much anymore yeah you do you hear in the morning show that's always the quiznos and the quasno show or whatever maybe i'm not listening that's why <laughs> actually uh, full disclosure I'm, i have the my youtube is compromised right now but we'll go let's keep going uh oh okay so let's Oh, so, pause. oh no 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 pause. We're gonna keep going. This movie is almost two hours. All right, I see the boys. Here we go. So does it say National Lampoon? Oh, you do see. Yeah, okay. I do see. There's OC and Stiggs. I mean, one nice thing about National Lampoon is that they always their joke is always about white privilege. It's always a joke about yeah, you know, these white guys getting in trouble or just being total prickos. Uh. But now I have to say because the movie doesn't do a good job of it. Um, O.C. and Stiggs they detest like this upper middle class lifestyle. That's what they detest. Right. And they're friends of a man who was ruined by this man. He's like an insurance salesman mogul, insurance company mogul, something like that. Oh yeah, you Paul Dooley. So there he is. Yeah. Look at him, man. He looks like one of those uh, Burger King tater tots. He's thoughts. We're <laughs> going inside right now to watch his commercial. It, now this, know when it's going to air. I mean, this is a, a Robert Altman movie, and and this cast is insane. Robert, I mean, Dennis Miller was kind of crazy back then. Melvin Van Peebles, the directors in this, you know, yeah. it's amazing. It, oh, this cast is outstanding. 
outstanding. If you were just looking at the cast, this is the movie to rent. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. You'd be like, I love these guys. Yeah. The guy in the hat there, he was in Popeye, but you mostly would know him as the father on 16 Candles. Paul Dooley, you're talking about. I know from the movie called Strange Brew. That was a great film with... Uh, Max Mancillo. Uh, it was the Second City TV guys, the Canadian... Yeah, right. Bob and Doug. Yeah. yeah. That was a great film. Okay, so it was Hamlet that film, by the way. Look, he's handling. Speaking of handling, yeah, I know it was Hamlet. Yeah, totally. Yeah. They were Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. They just happened to show yeah. up. It was Elsinore Brewery. The, two the uncle had. Lawyers. Yeah. The uncle had. Well, I always thought Bob and Doug were Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Like, they just were kind of, you know, part of the <laughs> sideshow of the movie. Sideshow of the play. So look, right, what, because look at, they weren't. It was the woman who was. Of course, we're watching a different film, right? <laughs> Let's talk about Straight Brew. Yeah. Why riff this movie? <laughs> yeah, no, that, that movie's great. Yeah, because they say, uh, uh, I know it's hard that to was, get over your father's death, but you know, Colonel died, and here we are enjoying his chicken. <laughs> that's right, that's right. <laughs> it was the daughter who was enlisting yeah. their help. Right. She was the uh, Elsinore Brewery, and... Uh, the, now, yep. here's Jane Curtin, and she's drinking out of binoculars. <sighs> Which, first off, like, where do you go to buy that? The oh, binoculars they're, flask. They're rich, you know. So you come home with a binoculars flask, and then you drink from there, and people are like... Uh, there's a rule in their house, no drinking. And uh, the only comedic uh, point that Jane Curtin has this whole movie is she's secretly drinking. Now, we're watching TV. This movie hasn't even started yet. <laughs> the camera's on the TV set. It's like, this movie's a slog. Let's watch TV instead. <laughs> well, you're establishing that he's an assurance mogul. Well, so I've never seen Nashville. This is what I'm talking about. I usually see the, the disasters, the jinxed, than the dirty Harrys when it comes to directors who are good. I tend to see their worst movies first. And I've never seen Nashville. I've seen O.C. and Stiggs a hundred times. No drinkers. Nashville. He also did Nash. He did. Well, he. he it did was Popeye. the. Right. Well, so Popeye was, which has a really shoddy copy on YouTube, which we're not going to use. But. Yeah. After that, she, he kind of disappeared. Like, he did these he weird did the movies. Player? Well, that's when he came back. Oh, okay, okay. But be, before the player, it was O.C. and Stiggs. It's, uh, you know, we, we got we to watch more. No, his movies are on YouTube, so we'll watch more of his crazier films. Yeah. But there was a period. He did a, a TV movie with John Travolta called The Dumbwaiter. Oh, was that uh, there in Russia? No, that is uh, The Imposters, I believe. That's where he met oh, Kelly right, Preston. Right, right, right. I know that because that's where they met Kelly Preston. I set them up. You know, I'm a, I'm a high level. the sp- joke here is they're stealing his long distance. And for millennials, you used to pay through the nose. Yeah. If you call, call up Uganda it's, or whatever. They, oh, where, where are they calling? He's called Africa. Africa. He's calling for Bongo. <sighs> it's their joke. So he also, they plugged in their own phone, which has a lobster because they love lobsters, which, is, which was in the story, which is so stupid. Okay, now here comes a dumb joke that doesn't work. He goes to get his lobsters off the grill. Right. But unbeknownst to him, those kids uh, ate his lobsters for the umpteenth time. He's discovered a a chicken 
a chicken leg. <laughs> this is a great house. Yeah, it is. I the, thought he was rich, but it's just upper middle class. Uh, well, I mean, I guess the joke is that each house is suburbia. It's the take on suburbia where each house has its own uh, little universe. Yeah, they're going to do a joke later when this chopper is coming to their rescue, and they're like, well, well which house? You know, they cannot tell it's not a spoiler that you brought up the tr- the helicopter because it's in the trailer. <laughs> this movie should be spoiled. Man. There's only three funny jokes in this whole movie. Oh, so yeah. Well, I can't believe you watched spoiled. this before. I've seen this several times before. See, they're weird. Like, they're they're not in love with each other. Uh, the friends, the OC and C. I want a little piece off on my headset just to let you know. It's a little I'll see that. Okay, so what do you think are the three funny jokes then? Oh, sorry. Hey, look, come back to San Francisco, Parakeet. Wait, is there still credits going on? Yeah. No, it can't be. It's seven fucking minutes into this movie. It's almost eight, eight minutes into this goddamn movie. There's still fucking credits? <laughs> what the fuck? It's like, take it easy. Yes, yeah, Sunny, see King Sunny a date and his African beats. And again, like we mentioned in, in the last week's movie, Class Reunion. This is probably the third National Lampoon movie where... Oh, there you go. This is how they got the movie wrong. Yeah, they just mooned the uh, <laughs> the camera. That they were swimming. They pulled their chunks in front of the camera while they're scuba diving. And that's in the opening credits, ladies. And I guess producers of this film get it because they, uh, they had a sleep. Anyway, so they're in Florida. Or Arizona. They're California. They're California? Yeah. See, there you go. Based on a story by Todd Carroll and Ted Mann. So it's honest. It doesn't say in National Lampoon. Right. But... And Ted Mann is a co-writer in the other screenplay. So. Look, see, they love each other. Look. Oh, they're kissing each other on a surfboard? Yeah. You know, I'm going to have them surfing and then I'll cut it in between a parakeet. Directed by Robert Oldman. What's wrong with you, dude? <laughs> what were you doing? <laughs> I mean, what were you thinking, yo? So I hear uh, the I hear is their friend Oh I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I, I hear the movie through your, your headphones your your speaker was just fine. Oh yeah, so I mean it's kinda cool. I mean Florida is such a weird movie locale. I mean look how dense it is on the screen. There's so much to look at. All those uh crazy trees and stuff. Um, okay. You see this is a wave pool. I really thought that was an invention of today. I did not know. Right, because this takes place in Arizona. You're right. It's not called. You're right. Exactly. It's not California. It's Arizona. Yeah, like that's the joke. It's the. It's this weird suburb. Huh? None. None of the actors in this film can get arrested. (laughs) Now there's um, Ducky from. Pretty and Ping from yeah. Two and a Half Men. Right. That's the reason why. one of the funny lines. The, the son is played by John Cryer, and when the cop came in, uh, you notice he was like, oh, yeah, hey, officer, good to see you again. <laughs> All right, so they're like ra- rascally rabbits stealing their lobsters because they love lobsters, right. and their neighbors also love lobsters. And they're yeah. in Arizona where, like, the freshest lobster is a couple states away. <laughs> <laughs> Arizona okay, lobsters. One of, I'm sorry to interrupt. Oh, there's her uh, joke uh, again. That's her whole joke. Now, 
she has one of the only three funny jokes in this uh, movie coming up. When the father shoes everybody away, let's l- listen for a funny joke. Cause All right, I have, I have the sound on here in the studio. So it is did, right. Did, did you hear it? That was it. Oh, what did it say? Okay, so the father shoes everyone in the house so he can explain to the cop what happened. And, and Jane Curtin goes, let your father play with the nice police, man. <laughs> Something <laughs> like that. Let your dad play with the... Based on a story by Todd Carroll and Ted Mayer. Next funny joke, 45 minutes away. <laughs> this is our job. That's like, people don't like to riff uh, comedies because, it, it, you know, people, it was tough to riff this movie uh, with an audience because it's... That's it, this. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, it's just going to go from worse to worse, this film. Yeah. For some reason, this guy, like, wants to be their friend and... Is that Sorry, Ginger? No, Ginger. Tina yeah, Louise. It is, Ginger. it is Tina Louise, who's in uh, in the front credits. So she's a school nurse, and she's checking up on O.C. and Stiggs. O.C. and Stiggs—they dress really well. They're like American male meets uh, J.C. Penney. <laughs> yeah. It must be J.C. Penney if they're in Arizona. You know, it's funny. They're they're dressed as what they hate—a middle class. Right. right yeah. Is it a collar pop or? Maybe they're sociopaths. Um, so Ginger was in Gilligan's Island, and I don't know a what she's doing times. in this film. Well, you know what happened was in between Gilligan's Island meets the Harlem Globetrotters and the Castaways of Gilligan's Island, they actually <laughs> got back to the mainland. And it wasn't until they she went to reopen the island as a resort in Castaways that she left the mainland. So it's probably during the duration she was working in Arizona. <laughs> See, they made him thirsty by talking about it. It's so lame. And now they're gonna prank him. John Cryer has in interviews talked. Oh, that's a prank! That must have killed his face. <laughs> I do not count that amongst the funny jokes. It just, well, it is jokes. a. Uh, it is a funny joke because they said, "You must be thirsty," and you're absolutely right. He said. You know, I think I now that you said that that triggered off. It's, it's talking about Will Smith and uh, uh, Margot Robbie and that that little thriller. He's a regular Will Smith, and he and uh, Stiggs is uh, Margot Robbie. You know, I think you're thirsty. I'm so thirsty. I gotta use. There's two water fountains. Uh, use the right one. I gotta use the right one. He was thirsty, and there was two water fountains in the plaza, and he actually had the misfortune to go to the right one, which they had explosives in it. It's almost as if it was scripted. scripted. Right, yeah. (laughs) Maybe that was like the fifth take. The first four takes, he went to the left water fountain. Now, this is where we learn that they're like irreverent and they they don't defy authority but they point out what a joke it is National Lampoon Heroes it's always about a nostalgic look back at when you were a wild and irresponsible white guy you know so like Animal House it's college years class reunion was 
after a yeah. year after that, like when you go to you see your high school. These kids are what high school, right? Or yeah, this is high school, right? And senior trip is also high school. Uh, I'm talking about National Lampoon Senior Trip. I don't want you to mistake it for Disney's senior class trip <laughs> with Ramon. Yeah, yeah, Raven Simone and uh, so here's um, a sign that turned in being serious, and he's pointing him out like they're sociopaths. They're obsessed by the Swab family. So in the short story written by these guys, they were photographs, you know, of uh, of these props in the original story as well. And then we get to see them in the movie. Uh, yeah, it was different uh, people in the... Okay, so you said you read this. I started to read the article and didn't... Uh, the episode. Yeah. Uh, the issue. But I didn't... I mean, I, I thought it was... I was enjoying reading it. It's not like seeing this movie. I think this movie was a bad interpretation. What do you? Yeah. So, did you were you able to read the article like through Google magazines or uh, you just a fan you had sent it posted? Me a link and I. Okay. Two things happened. One is you sent me a link. The other is I found a black and white um, picture of an article and began to read its text in the. Oh, I see. Yeah. Image. So. You know, it's just kind of very simplified, not simplified, but it was definitely like from 70s to 80s production. And the 80s production was very kind of crisp to the point of like sterile, which is kind of, you know, if you're reading a humor magazine, you want it to kind of snap. You don't really want to see these dull texts and dull photos. But uh, the story itself is the, these kids terrorize the family. And that is what happens here. I mean... Well, if we have right a theater. They were talking about their class projects. They were they were ripped on the family. But do you think it's funny that it's like attacking the family, like if they were the Simpsons and it was like attacking Flanders? Well, the thing is, like uh, Flanders has got this whole thing going on about the religion and stuff, and it annoys uh, Homer how he's all goody goody and stuff. You get it. With this movie, you don't learn until the middle of the movie that the man that they're roasting yeah. um, ruined a friend of theirs. Like, you don't... Okay, here's his dad. Ray Winstone, who was in Popeye right. and, and a bunch who of other uh, old man movies, and was Mr. Han, of course. And my favorite... He's definitely my favorite Martian. I don't know. Yeah. You know what? Fuck you, Carl. He's my favorite Martian. Understood. All right. <laughs> Even you, I. Back you could take your ET and go fuck off. <laughs> well, I was thinking of the the uh, Warner Mac Brothers uh, Bugs Bunny one. Uh, oh, Maxim. My favorite Martian, but I, clearly I've been put in my place. You know, they said uh, Matt Damon is the Martian. I said he's not my favorite Martian. That's Ray Winston. <laughs> right, right, yeah, right. that's a good one. Except you couldn't tell that at an open mic because nobody knows. Well, it's a pun, and so it kind of dies in the air. Not on this podcast, but it does. <laughs> I don't know. You could. You could say, like, uh, you know, according to uh, Matt Damon is the Martian, not according to Bill Bixby. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't get that either. According to, uh, they don't even know he's the Hulk. They... My favorite Martian is Ray Winstone. Anyway. Right. Well, let me tell you about my... 
<laughs> Nobody gets that joke. You get that joke. Well, I know the song from The Simpsons. And then I got the reference from... I heard, I've heard the original source. Well, Bill Bixby was also the star of that show in which he had a young boy, and he's his best friend. It's all about being a good dad, and that was the song, the Harry Chapin song. If you have was that, a joke, was that the uh, Eddie Cantor? No, uh, not Eddie Cantor. The Many Lives... The many lives that we go with? No, hang on. I'm going to guess this stupid movie. I know what it is. It's the courtship. Eddie's. Eddie. Freddy's. Yeah. Nope. Eddie's. You're right. Dad, dad. The courtship of Eddie's father. Eddie's father. Oh, yeah, that's right. The premise was he was trying to get a mother. Trying to get a... Trying to (laughs) remarry. You know what? You take Fifty Shades of Grey, right? So maybe he wants to set up and milk money. You ever seen that movie with Manuelie Griffith? (laughs) Turned away Richard Benjamin. Uh, the kids are trying to get a, a mom for his their father, so they get a prostitute, Melody Griffith, uh, to be her their fa- their mother to make oh. the dad fall in love. That's called a movie called Milk Money because they use their milk money on the prostitute to buy a prostitute. Okay, so I'm writing that down. Milk money. Milk money is great. My Netflix <laughs> Write down Richard Benjamin director, and you'll get movies like Marcy X. You'll get movies. I don't even. Marcy X is great. Listen on Facebook. Uh, I know uh, this is a podcast, not a conversation. But, but I'm listening. I asked for movie suggestions. So, okay, never mind. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, tell me. So you said uh, give I me. Just, my Netflix queue is low. I mean, it has like one DVD in it, so it's so low that it is so low. So, uh, hey, so, but you know what? But but Netflix. I don't. I don't have Netflix. Uh, but I don't know if they have like. I don't know how what their their how deep their catalog is. I see what you're saying. There's two Netflix. One is the streaming online, and that okay. is only what's current. But so if I wanted to is, see Touch of Evil, right? Orson Welles, what would year? It, 1958, I think. Then you would go to the DVD Netflix, in which they mail you four DVDs at a time. And you do this. When was the last time you got four DVDs mailed to your house? I, uh, Wednesday. Okay. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> Because I, you, you tagged me saying recommend a movie, and I was just thinking about how great Orson Welles is as an actor, and even in, you know in films he directed too. And I had suggested Touch oh, of Evil. Oh, he's drinking beer. I, I didn't realize they were so blatant. Uh, he's drinking. He's drinking a forty, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is the eighties where it doesn't make now sense. Now he's going to stress because oh, stupid stamp obsession too. The Swamp Universe. It's that weird triangle relationship where you and your friend talk about third person incessantly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's like the, we're friends. We're almost seeing Stigs and we hate a third person. Oh, right. They, they steal one of his stamps and they mail like a prizes stamp. So, Sunny and Day. So, so, can I, Carl, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that reminded me of that Richard Pryor movie. Keep, keep going. Oh, but I was going to say, so in these National Lampoon movies, in Animal House, uh, they had the actors playing Otis Day in the nights, performing at the Toga, and everyone's white, and they're having a great time, and the band yeah. likes them. And then later in the movie, they go to a bar, all black patrons, and the band yeah. doesn't acknowledge them at all. And but that's that's cringy. A, cringy. And that's a joke. It's parody. It's satire. It's, it has a point. But uh, And then in Class Reunion, they had Chuck Berry 
the great Chuck Berry perform, and it had no context whatsoever other than to promote an artist for the soundtrack. Uh, and then, for the most part, uh, most of the characters were white, and here's a black performer performing for them. And uh, then in this movie, King Sunny a Day comes by, and they're like the only black performers in the movie. You know what I mean? The, yeah. So it's it's a little weird. And also in PCU, which is mostly white cast, George Clinton cry, uh, shows up and performs as themselves. So did you catch the visual joke there? Yeah. So you think they're like big cars, but they're not. Right. Oh. One thing we missed is that he just explains his obsession with Bongo from Africa. So Bongo is a real person? They made up Bongo, but he ends up being real, and that's who they were phoning at his house. It's because they saw his name on a stamp. That's why he freaked out. The stamp was missing. Oh. That's why he gets that African band to play. King Sunday Day is great. Lesson. You know, that's actually one of the highlights of this movie when they perform. <laughs> I don't, you know. I thought it was a pretty bad song. Uh, <laughs> <myself> personally. <laughs> I really didn't laugh. Well, I, like that. I, I agree. When they did the cover of Walking on Broken Glass, I did find that a little grating. And then, uh, <laughs> Wait, they, yeah. They did Walking on Broken Glass? No, you said, I, I was making a joke. I was saying, yeah, because yeah. the dates aren't right. Okay. Because that's annoying. Uh, the song annoys me. Walking on, walking on, broken. broken. Uh, <laughs> it's not your rhythmics, right? It's Annie no, Lennox. it's Annie Lennox. It's like a solo. Yeah. That was a bold move. Okay, so you see this thing here. Right, beautiful this is car. the beginnings of their, like, Ocean Stig's mobile. It's going to get better. It's these guys, like... There's no parents, right? Well, we didn't, what is Ray Winston, so... No, there's definitely parents. We met them. Yeah. Um, but they let these kids do this, go in there in a little crazy... Uh, uh, I mean, i I seen that Nicole Kidman uh, movie where she and her friend uh, go crazy and then live in a fantasy world. A Peter Jackson movie, Heavenly Creatures. Uh, is it the one where he gets them to kill they, his, her they, husband? No, that's To Die For. Oh. That movie, okay. by the way, Carl, it's To Die For. Oh, that movie is to die for. Oh. <laughs> Quite literally. Yeah, literally, to die for. Oh, you knew that they crashed because you could hear the shaking of the camera. You see the shaking of the camera. <laughs> this was before CGI. So, yeah, Robert Altman was in the outs when this movie came out, but so are a lot of other people in this movie. Dennis Hopper showing up. Melvin People, the great Melvin People shows up in this movie. I'm glad he is, but it's so... Uh, Dennis Hopper, you would you think that he's doing a parody of the Apocalypse Now character, because Maybe. that had come out in '79. Right, but this movie, like old. you said, was shot in the, you know '84 and released somehow right. in '87. So, so '77, '8, he's filming Apocalypse Now. This comes out like three, four years later. Right, and he's really not doing a parody of that character. Just, he's doing a gung-ho nom guy. It's right. different. Well, you know, that's the thing about National Lampoon during the 80s and sick humor in general is the way you would view a Vietnam vet, right? Yeah. Like the, the, the joke of them being like crazy. Like, you know how the, right. in the 80s there was like kill. Ethiopia jokes, homeless jokes, Vietnam vet jokes, and they all were kind of like this kind of crass 
uh, overview of like the crazy. Oh, look at that car! They've done to the yeah. That's that's the car is getting, getting jacked. Metamorphic. So you were saying though, Ethiopian. Um, yeah, because uh, of the, the famine going on back then. Yeah. Uh, but you know these kind of like just kind of like broad, but very kind of punching down, as we would say. As the kids say now, it's punching down. You know, they come back crazy, but it, it kind of... Yeah. And it's edgy. Well, I mean, that was the whole impression of Vietnam, because people like uh, John Kerry were exposing that there were atrocities, right. you know? And that was giving the impression that... Oh, here we are. We're there now. Yeah. He's reading a Soldier of Fortune magazine, looking at the weapons that he could own, and he's gung-ho about it. <laughs> this is why when... I'm just going to be a little cliche here. I'm sorry, Mike. This right. is when, why when the troops came home, nobody was supporting them. And that's why it was Ronald Reagan's big thing, support our troops. It was a reaction to right. ignoring the troops because they thought they were all... I don't think we meet Dennis Hopper yet, and I don't know why. This is the scene to meet him. Yeah, this isn't Dennis Hopper, right? It's just his buddy. No. But see, you know, I mean, that's a joke, but there's some movies like this. I, you know, I don't think that you have movies where you have a Vietnam vet acting as uh, a Vietnam uh, Here he goes. Here he is. Here he is. Yeah. Well, it's a long way from uh, Wild Easy Rider. <laughs> but it. then he rebounded, too, with, with Blue Velvet. You know what I mean? Like Yes, he did. That's right. These guys are all in the doghouse when they made this movie. Do you see all the cameras around his neck? Yeah. And the bandana? They're trying to make him... Look like the, the apocalypse, apocalypse guy. Now. Yeah. Yeah. It's pronounced pronounced. He's going for it. You know, it's, a, it's Apocalypse Now. Uh, K-N-E-W. It was a typo. What? <laughs> oh, never mind. I missed apocalypse. it. I missed it. Apocalypse Now? Yeah. K-N-O-W? N-O-W was... Well, right, never mind. I was trying to... Uh, all right. Yeah, there he is with the camera. <laughs> I'm chasing the subject. Hey, it's my podcast. I could, I could just yes, love a sticker once in a while. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, if you're listening to this far, God bless you. How far are we in this movie, by the way? Oh, I see. Uh, 20 minutes. 29. God, halfway through. I'm... Uh, technically, Look at this. should be into Act 2 now. So these are skinny leaves. So they're skinny leaves. The pot he saw outside was skinny leaves, so I think that means that's uh, indica. Indica, when it's skinny, and then when it's fat, it's sativa. Okay. So it's very important when you grow your own. In the hills in New Jersey. Boy, those days are gone, right? Those, they're, no, you don't. If you buy, it's in a basement. Oh, yeah, you just, uh, you get a box set. You can order, you know there's like a... Blue Apron, where you can get like food delivered to your house. Yeah, yeah, we have that. It's called Peapod. <laughs> so stupid. It is. It's Stop and Shop. Yeah. With more <laughs> you know, packaging. the Stop and Shop and the A and P are merging. Oh yeah, they're going to be called Stop and B. Yeah. Stop and B. There's a market for that. A and P and Stop and Go have merged to form Stop and P. A and Go. A and Go does this right too. No, Are they smoking through a pipe pong? No, he's playing. Uh, he's he's playing with the silencer gun. Okay, this is the marriage. 
Right. So they also okay. have to be racist in this movie too. Well, in the story, I guess. With I don't the know. Asian? Yeah. So Suave's the daughter is marrying a, a guy who's Chinese and likes to grow mushrooms. Yeah. And uh, they torment him as well. Did, did you see that tug? Yeah. That could almost count as a funny joke. Well, how about him in the bathtub? <laughs> and then the whole um, family's so in the bathroom. There's a naked dad in the tub. Oh, she's, she's drinking she's there. She's drinking again. It's her joke. That's really depressing. So what, the, 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 anyway, go ahead. Well, the whole thing. I mean, look, if you see a movie and Jane Curtin's in it, right. Paul Dooley's Yay. in it, you know, it's going to be a good film. Right. Uh, John Cryer's in it. Yeah. Uh, John Cryer was also in Free Fall about this time, too. He, he, you know, he was talking about in an interview for Premiere Magazine that uh, when he did this movie, there was a scene where bird crops on on the swaps. Yes. That's Robert Altman is in a tree, the director, and he's throwing bird shit at them. Uh, that was his story. That the director was up there doing that. Okay, see the Uzi, right? Right. The joke is they're going to wrap up the wedding by giving John Cryer this Uzi. And, uh, it's to, you know, it's just to make the middle-class guy's life horrible. So they go, see, they're going to crash the party in their uh, disco tux shirts. Yeah, they're going to crash the party. They're wearing joke tuxedos. There's a kind of enduring scene in which he dances with the woman from Sex in the City. Cynthia Nixon, who's in a lot yeah. of... Yeah. She's in Tanner 88, which is a Robert Altman, uh, Gary Trudeau jam from uh, 1988. <laughs> it was a pretend uh, uh, political candidate. And uh, it was shot in real time, uh, shot in concurrency of the actual 88 election. In order. So... Well, they would they would go to actual uh, election events in '88, and then pretend they're their candidates there too. Uh, here and, is the bird poop stuff. Okay, so when they get shit on, that's Robert Altman throwing poop at them, according to a John Carter interview. Um, so another part of this joke, probably Jane Curtin's going to drink now. Another part of this um, is that he's yelling, she's yelling at the, the groom. Uh, that's a big comedic. Oh, is he here's some poop. Pooping. Well, that's Robert Altman throwing poop. Altman, that's what John Carter's thinking in his head. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the director of the Prairie Hope Pavilion. <laughs> it's on her face. <laughs> and here they are in their mobile. Did they cause the pigeon poop? I don't think so, but it, they should have if the script is worth its salt, but how could they? Where did they shoot this atrocity? I guess in Arizona, I guess. But I mean, like, it's so vacuum sealed, this weird little house that they're having in it. Oh, that's a, that's a vehicle that's going to drive them to the uh, honeymoon, the wedding. Oh, I and see. The joke is it's leaving without them. Oh, and here comes the OC and stakes the mobile. Yeah, now you see he's got a, a mounted machine gun. Ha ha. <laughs> right, what's he got for fucking Dennis Hopper? 
It looks like the Batman Tumblr from uh, Dark Knight. <laughs> So she's gonna now she's drinking. She's gonna take a cab over and uh, demand the money from the father. And the father says, "Okay, but no tip." <laughs> what a dick! Yeah, she's also gonna blow off this woman, and it's pretty funny. Uh, maybe I was wrong to say only three funny jokes. The next funny joke is coming up, and I'd like to tell it to you in advance. If yeah, I go can. ahead because I'm gonna talk over it anyway. Because I'm not really listening. Okay. I don't listen so, to these movies. I think 27 episodes in, we could just uh, assume that I'm not listening. They go to John Cryer, right, and they present him with the Uzi, and they say, "This is gonna be the most fun you've ever had." And John Cryer goes, "No, no, no. I, I, you know, I have Legos, you know." <laughs> <laughs> uh, they should have led with that joke oh Carlman you should be uh, you kill you do wonders with this material can you do another bit from this movie well she's about to blow off this uh, this woman's asking her are you gaining a son are you losing a daughter or gaining a son and she's like um, she's like I, I don't know she excuses herself you'll see it's very right. funny okay I'll, I'll look forward to that oh see and Stiggs have arrived and they're in a black hat and t- white tails and they have canes and you know this guy's in love because the camera just yeah. swooped to his eyeballs yeah it's, it's Cynthia Nixon so oh, she, she played Tanner me. she played the candidate's daughter in, in the uh, 88 series and she reprises it too and then a remake uh, and there's she is they're dancing they, they just went they, ahead they never rehearsed it's just Corey free says yeah off the cuff but this is shot like it's really depressing it looks like an indoor market like you know like it looked like yeah. uh, it's one of those malls that take uh, the first floor of a uh, building downtown <laughs> But I think that's just the uh, the budgets and the '80s style and Robert Ullman in general. Robert Ullman, you can hear people talking over this. We're watching these two people, but we're listening to other people off the screen. And well, you guys are listening to us, so fuck that's that. That's my friend OC, and that's my girlfriend. And you're saying that's what they're saying is OC, and that's my friend. So we're actually <laughs> like Robert Ullman voices. We're not in the scene, and we're just talking on and on. Spiraling out of control. Oh, you spin me right too soon. Round baby. Too soon. The lead singer passed away this year. Did oh, you know? So I didn't. Somebody uh, well liked in music passed away this year. Who's that? In 2016. You mean Prince? Sure. He's dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> you mean Is David Prince Bowie? Dead. Enough. She's touching me. <laughs> sure, those, those are the big ones. And I was like, that's it. He's nice to me. Okay, right. I'm going to stop. Yeah, you, uh, that's good. Okay, idea. here comes... She's asking for the cab. What, the, the groom? She's asking for a cab right now? No, no. She, Jane Curtin's demanding the cab fare because uh. they left her. And she's like, no cab. <laughs> Huh. <laughs> oh, I see. It was just to get she, the bottle. She had to stop at the deli. 
Okay, now she's going to blow off the friend. It's really good. Oh, it's Ginger. Tina Louise. She's in a movie. You know, Tina Louise was in a Robert Altman movie. So, <laughs> Okay, watch, watch, watch. <laughs> What's he say? She just said, excuse me. Excuse me, right. like you lost a daughter or gained a son. Oh. Excuse me. So she's just... It's just not enough comedic. It's just not funny enough that she's always drinking. It's just not. So Cynthia Nixon is just a, fr- a bridesmaid? She's a friend of... Uh... Yeah, she's not... I don't know why, but... O.C. falls for her, and she doesn't, yeah, she's not really, she's not a sister of Stig, she's not a sister of the family. Well, that's good, because they hate the family. They would have to. Okay, here comes the oozy joke. It's coming. Do you feel kind of thirsty? Yeah, I am. Do you feel kind of gun shooty? Yeah, I guess I feel kind of gun shooty, too. (laughs) That is what happens. These actors are so excited. I'm working with Robert Altman. This is definitely a high in my career. Robert fucking Altman. Yeah. This film's going to be great. <laughs> Bobby, I cast you in the greatest film. National Lampoon's. John Cryer. Cynthia Nick. Oh, really? Bob Hunker. going to be great. Oh, yeah, that's right. Bob Uger shows up as himself. The uh, the legendary uh, sports announcer and uh, Mr. Belvedere foil. He really had it out to Mr. Belvedere. What's with that satanic? Uh... Right, I didn't catch that joke. It was somehow... She has a tattoo on her arm and that's the joke. Yeah, I didn't get... Okay, I think... I keep thinking here comes the... Ooh. Yeah, you keep mentioning this Uzi. Oh, look at that ice that castle. That ice sculpture. Here's a good pickup line. You go to a woman by an ice sculpture, you go, nice ice sculpture. And the ice sculpture is pretty nice, too. Get it? I don't really there it know. is. You see the, there it is. Pulls out a gun. Listen for his line. He delivers it well. All right. Let's take a fucking... See, oh, this is That's all sad. One. It's sad. It's not funny. That's a good one. Okay. There was booze inside. The, she's she's getting a head of lettuce at a wedding, and it's had the head of lettuce which is on the table. Oh, he's shooting the gun! <laughs> <laughs> I've had a lot of John fun. Grant. Oh, this I is great. Legos. <laughs> well, they do ruin the wedding. They do ruin. Yeah, they gave uh, a brother a goozy. They just shot up the entire wedding, and everyone's safe. Thank God. No, you missed it. Jane Curtin said, having a good time. You know, it's, it's under the... Because she's so drunk, she doesn't... So is this story framed by this phone call to Bongo? Yeah, yeah. By the way, they're, we're back now. And Present tense. They're telling... Keep talking, Carl. I have to go to the other room and grab something. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> you see, the comedic thing here is that the lamp falls because the, uh, the uh, chain is loose. And Jane Curtin's going to go attend to that, see? And it's not very funny, but... Uh, 
Okay, so he's literally on the phone with Bongo. He found someone in Africa named Bongo, and it's on their dime. Okay, now we're at the mall, and they're pretending that they bumped into Cynthia, Cynthia Nixon, but really, they've arranged things so that they will meet. They will, they will bump into. And the dog goes right to OC. Hey, sorry. Hey, wow. I was narrating. Oh, I appreciate it. Yeah, this is the, the most exciting part. They're in a mall and shit. Yeah, they, they make it, they pretend that they just happen to bump into Cynthia Nixon, but they arrange to be there. Oh, and their weird lobster obsession. Yeah, so funny. So they're in One Arizona that, and they're wearing Mexican sombreros and they're holding lobsters. Yeah. One thing that didn't make sense, though, if they had arranged this and it was a pretend I'm bumping into you, the dog ran out right up to OC. Oh, yeah. Couldn't plan it perfectly. The dog was in on it, too. Stig doesn't like it. Oh, he doesn't like women getting into his friendship? Well, I don't know, but he doesn't do anything about it. He's my bro. Yeah, see, it's a non sequitur. But, uh, yeah, because, I mean, maybe they do sleep together. You know, one of my favorite directors is Greg, <laughs> Greg uh, uh, well, I'm going to mispronounce his name. He just did a movie called White Bird in a Blizzard, Greg Araki. And uh, his characters usually are, are bisexual, and no big deal. It's not a big deal. It's just part of the world. It's just, you know, the characters happen to sleep, kiss each other. They haven't kissed each other. Dis- they dress alike. They're dressed in the same outfit, and they're not holding hands. <laughs> I don't. It was 1988. Maybe they just implied. Okay, now we meet. Oh yeah, now so this is Melvin Van Peoples, and he's in. Sorry, go ahead. No, we we just we find out now that this is the guy whose life was ruined by the insurance family. It's a little late in the movie. What? What? What's the time? Forty-four fifty. Oh my goodness. So 45 minutes in the middle the of Act Two, we yeah. learned the premise of the film. Duh. So again, this is like the 80s, and there are jokes about homeless people. Uh, so the homeless guy is behind 7-Eleven and buys some booze. But yeah, he got screwed over by uh, savings and loan, yeah. or got, you know. And right now, he's saying he wants to be known as Wino Dave. So Melvin Van People in 1984, I'm sure he was trying to get a project going as well. So here's another gentleman mm-hmm. in the doghouse in this movie. It's like everyone's out of sorts in this film. It's really funny. Not as funny as that raccoon baseball, uh, cowboy hat. I'm not even sure what the subplot is with Wino Dave. Right. Well, you're right. It took 45 minutes to even introduce him. Um, this White Bird in a Blizzard, is that worth seeing? Yeah, I like that movie a lot. Oh, by the way, they just said pussy, and then you cut to Tom. Tom and Jerry. Haha. So, yes, it is worth seeing? Yeah. Oh, crap. This is Ginger. 
Uh, and don't correct her with the right <laughs> name because she's Ginger. Come on, in oh. a lizard. She's and wearing. She's wearing long. To show up. She's wearing lingerie, so I was wondering, like, how much uh, Ginger are you seeing? <laughs> nice. Okay, the houses are so gawky. It's like green, green wallpaper and a mm-hmm. weird ass mirror with shit obscuring the mirror. You can't see through that circular mirror. There's some shit on top of it. I know, she has a. Uh oh, here comes OC and Stig's mobile. Yeah, they've yeah, had it more the and more. The gun is not mounted. Oh, here comes you could tell they're having an affair by the, the parked cars have vanity plates that, right, that, that single them. Yeah, when you have an There's affair at a hotel, you should make sure you don't bring a car with your vanity plates. Cause people <laughs> no, it's you. their home. No, it's their house. Oh, their house. <laughs> I'm trying to look for, I was looking for some soda I had. I had it out in the theater. I was going out in the studio, out in the... Uh, Performance and space. Missing? Yeah, I don't know if the last group took my soda. Hmm. Was it diet or sugar? Sugar. Ah, just as well. Just as well. Oh, yeah, you think some righteous uh, young kids took my soda? <laughs> we grew look up. Out soda the, was bad. Look out of the booth. Do you see anyone who's hyper? <laughs> I see a hyper millennial. You're not supposed to drink a millennial. You're supposed to throw, pour it down the sink. Look at her, she's pretty. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not far off. The sitcom was, what, uh, mid-60s? It's just 20 right, years later. Right, so it's, it's 15 years off. Yeah. And we like to see her work. Good to have her working. Yeah, I'd like to see her working, that's for sure. Her and Bob Uker. <laughs> Uker? Uker. A Uker. You know, Euchre was um, a play-by-play announcer for, like, some lame... Los it Angeles was on the radio, not even TV. Well, he's also the voice in uh, Major League and Major League Two. Oh, here comes the fucker. In the well, theater. that was after his... So, okay, so he was, like, a Milwaukee Brewer or something, but the thing is, if you look at his statistics, uh-huh. he was the most mediocre player of all time. Baseball and player. And that gave him a little bit of negative fame. But Bob Uecker had a good, he had a good attitude, and so he took that and said, "Yeah, I'm the most boring." And he got a bunch of TV commercials being the most mediocre, and that <laughs> led to him being right. A he had those announcer. Bud Light commercials where they argued about what it tastes great or less filling. Right. You know, Carl. I don't. I don't want to bring up a beef, but it does taste great. Oh no! Come on, Mike. I know I mean, it was New Year's Eve and Dick less Clark. Filling. Carl. But whatever. I know it's 30 years near the, but it just tastes uh, great. It tastes great. <laughs> oh, my. I don't want to bring up politics, but it is so less filling than a regular <sighs> beer. Why can't you just accept it? That's just sour grapes. It tastes great. I'm not saying it tastes bad. I'm saying the selling point. Oh, it's, it's funny. I think filling is secondary to the fact that it tastes great. By the way, they're floating down to Mexico, and I have no idea why. What does I less filling know. mean? 
I don't know yet why they find it. Oh, because they needed a chapter in her story in the magazine. Yeah, he said to Cynthia Nixon, we're going away for a time and we'll be back. And that's what this is. Now, who, okay, that's Ginger's son. Who right. They're taken along. Now, I think in the story, and it's been 30 years since I read it, they reenact Mark Twain and they put uh, the son oh. in blackface to play Jim. Oh. They were doing Mark Twain. Mark Twain. They were doing uh, whatever, Tom Sawyer. So this is weird. I mean, what are we... This is like experimental. For a National Lampoon story, this is pretty trippy. Yeah. They... Like, it's so strange how National Lampoon had the highest highs, the greatest films, and then the lowest lows. The so, most yeah. horrible films. There was no middle ground. And this movie is a genuine National Lampoon movie. There's no mention of it, but it is based on a story from the magazine. And, and written by... Yeah, so not the same with vacation, written uh, by people, but as as we, as our ongoing series throughout the years of a National Lampoon movie will show, most of these movies just have the name National Lampoon. They just bought the name. It has nothing to do with the deceased magazine because the magazine eventually became a Time Warner publication, and then it just became a, a title. Uh huh. You know, it sounds you know, right that Time Warner would buy it. Yeah, and they they revived it. I mean, it was during the '90s. I, I had friends who were wrote for it, but it just you know it wasn't it wasn't the same. But you know, there's a lot of movies that say like National Lampoons presents Black Balls, about you know, or mm-hmm. yeah, there's, there's a music thing and there's this and that. And I would like to watch them if they're available on YouTube. I might as well watch them. But this one is based on the magazine. It's one of the rare ones. So after vacation, I don't. I don't think anything's based on the magazine. Who who wrote uh, um, Class Reunion again? That was uh, the film director John Hughes. Yes, John Hughes wrote the short story for National Lampoon's Vacation. So that did come out of the publication. As did this one. Yeah. So, but that was it. I mean, Van Wilder was not based on a story from National Lampoon. National okay, Lampoon's so now what movie. We're gonna, yeah. Now what we're going to do is bump into two of the teachers at their high school. Oh, who are, are they? Who are clearly gay. And Let me guess, the, the theater guy from the who did 15 minutes up front? I think yes, yeah. and the guy who they who uh, the, the guidance counselor kind of guy or the principal kind of guy who's talking to them in the beginning so, about OC and Stiggs go off together on a, a little trip to Mexico, and they see yeah. two other guys on the trip, and they're right. like, "Those guys and must be gay, nerd. right?" What's gay? Well, let me show yeah. you, OC. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but the thing is, the teachers will have none of it. They're like, "There's many different lifestyles," and you know. You have no right judging us. Because they're like, where are your your uh, wives? <laughs> so, and, and, yeah, they're saying, who's the girl? Guilty. Well, that's the National Lampoon for you, too. It's this kind of humor from being a straight white guy. You know, you, so, yeah, you have to view the world through those eyes. And that's where the humor comes from. So... This is the band they hire. Right. Uh, they bump into them in Mexico and think this will be a great way to keep up our psychological warfare on uh, 
the middle classers. Uh, By having this band what's show. What's his name? It's Walston or what's his name? The insurance guy, the dad, Walston. Oh uh, no, that's his father. That's Paul Dooley. This. I mean, that's his real life. Uh, yeah, name, the Paul Schwab. Dooley, Schwab family. Schwab. So they're trying to hire him right now to uh, go to it. It's <laughs> hilarious. Psychological warfare campaign against Paul Dooley. <laughs> There's Wino. Yeah. He's made some great movies. Moment mm-hmm. people. I, I definitely recommend everything and everything he's done. His son, I just course, don't understand this point in this movie. They're going to find a note. You know, say you're on vacation. Thus unable to maintain pressure on the Schwab. Give these free t-shirts to your friends around town. Give it to your friends. Give it to other homeless people. This is more of the campaign of psychological warfare. Oh, so is their company These are, um, yeah, Schwab Insurance, you see. And so that's, you know, what it is, it's, it's poor black people who are now going to be wearing Schwab insurance. Right, and the homeless. And when he sees that, he's like, hey, take those off. You're homeless. You're not yeah. upper class. Right. Yeah. Yours is not the kind of promotion we want. Oh, so there they are. They're chasing them around. What are they even doing in Mexico? What's this all about? What's I don't know. They just decided to go. Maybe they got took it on Schwab's time. They like, if they heard that the band was down there and they want to sign them, right. or they heard that the teachers were there and they wanted to chase them. Well, what are the odds that the teacher are. and King Sunny Day happen to be at a Mexican uh, festival? Oh, look, see? Again, they just bumped into him. They didn't right. even go down there because of him. So I don't know why they're there. Uh, that's the con- that's the story. That's the scene. There's only six people in the world. Yeah. Yeah, and just the t- four of them happen to be in the same festival. See, they're they're, they're noticing them, and so, God, it's it's pretty well shot. I mean, the camera is is tracking a Ferris wheel. Right, isn't that crazy? There's a camera in front of a on the side view of the, the Ferris wheel as it goes up and down like that. Maybe it's like one of the nice things about this film, you know? It's yeah, it's a, quality. Yeah, it's good quality. I mean, it's high quality. Definitely the nicest, one of the nicer directed movies, Lampton movies. Yeah, so he's asking him who does the taxes, trying to figure out who's the oh right boyer. Who does the taxes? Hey. Yeah. Wait, they're going to say it now. Oh, we missed it? So you want me to rewind it? No. <laughs> no, but he basically just, after he asks a bunch of keyword questions, like who does the taxes, and he can't get anywhere, he goes, who is the girl? <laughs> so, does that how that works? <laughs> Oh, the guy can't sit through his own movie. I think everybody's sick. But I missed why. Maybe because they lost her in Arizona. You know O.C. and Stiggs is behind why these guys are all... have puke issues. You put a little bit of, like, uh, 
uh, contact lens cleaner into their drinks. I guess I missed that. They mu- Wait, no, they're sick too. Oh, it's an excuse oh, to have his shirt off. This guy is like off in his own world. Yeah, he's the grandfather who's uh, lost it. When Cynthia Nixon comes over and Otsie's trying to impress her, uh-huh. he ruins it by telling another old cop story. Uh-huh. And she's like, I have to go. Thank you so much for having me. But look how it's shot. It's like there's a guy on the floor and in the background is an old man cooking and the camera just zooms in. <laughs> like, where's the camera on the floor right now? It's like... The camera's on Why the floor. Yeah, I mean, um, um, who did uh, We'll Sell No Wine Before It's Time, War of the Worlds? You were talking about him. Oh, yeah, Mr. Orson Welles. Oh, yes. Orson Welles used to do, like, ground-up shots, but it was intentional, not just happenstance, yeah. like this movie. Well, he did that, uh, Touch of Evil has a lot of shots like that. And it's glorious. You see, like, I mean... If Orson Welles shot this, O.C. and Stiggs, you could see the sweat coming down their their faces from the sickness that we don't, the unexplained illness. He would not shoot this. Unless he actually literally had a gun, he would not shoot O.C. and Stiggs. One of the uh, 1982 issues of National Lampoon was the failures issue, and one of the things they had, and I still remember it to this day, was mm-hmm. a build-your-own Orson Welles, and it was a rotund... <laughs> Paper Orson Welles that you can construct. So it's like a, a nesting doll, kind of. So, and inside of the, uh, on the other side of the paper doll was a chronological list of all the failures of Orson Welles. So it'll say, no, like, yeah. you know, Orson, uh, 1941, did, did uh, Orson, you know, did Citizen Kane and then uh, uh, poorly received. And, and then it's just like all the horrible misfires that he did throughout the career, including like... He crashed and burned. He started out so great, so great. Orson Welles, you know... Yeah. He, he was a... He was a businessman. Like, he also, you know, he wanted to produce his own stuff his own way. And it's just, as mm-hmm. as time went on, it's just not how, you know, he was steadfast that it was independent production. He did a lot oh, of Oh, by the way, I just have to plot point here. Uh, Please. Okay, so O.C. called up Cynthia Nixon and says, want to go on a date. And she said, I can't. I'm going on a date with blah, blah, blah. You know, my boyfriend. Right. So they said, okay. New plan of action, and and Stiggs was like, "What?" And he goes, "We're calling the sluts," and those are the sluts. <laughs> uh, Ginger is getting busted for, you know, they're cheating, as you know. Right. So then, um, OC and Stiggs are going to sit near Cynthia Nixon to taunt the situation, and she does not like it. She's You're Cynthia Nixon. God, she's so young. Now, here's our family. Right. Oh, there's just swabs. Thank God I miss them. Look at the married couple. They're so cute. Yeah. They're eating their ice cream. Now, we'll see. Uh, probably she'll swig some drink. Oh, look at that. There's the homeless. Look, yeah. <laughs> you can't wear those. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's her joke. Her running gag. 
See, they love Monster. It it's not expensive. funny. I don't get Even in the magazine, I didn't get that. Because it's expensive? No, you know how you send a drink over to um, somebody's table, you know? Yeah. They send it. Instead of a drink, they send the lobsters. It doesn't make sense. There's a great Rodney Dangerfield joke where he was at a Chinese restaurant. Carl, yeah. Rodney Dangerfield was at a Chinese restaurant and he opened up a uh, fortune cookie right. and it was some guy's bill and he says, hey buddy, I got your bill. And the guy says, thanks. Oh, like he's going to pay for it? Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know, Rodney Dangerfield came to Spain like in his late 50s. Right. Gives you hope. Kind of gives you hope. Yeah, he's the he's the only lifeline. That story right, is right. so this it can hey, be done. So right now we're watching a character that got on TV who is a character from the movie Nashville. Isn't that weird? Oh, is it that true? Oh. Yeah. So one, it's like the Robert Altman verse. Like it's a character from one of his other movies showing up. So this guy reprised his you know this Oscar-winning movie role. For O.C. and Stiggs. Now, uh, the joke... Okay, there's Jane Curtin. Hey, you gotta drink every time she drinks. You gotta drink espresso. That's what this movie. That's drinking game, yeah. Okay, so here's the joke here. The uh, uh, O.C. and Stiggs and the slut show up, and they're gonna skinny dip. So, John Cryer sees that, so he's immediately gonna alert his father, like we're having a home invasion. Right. But then when the girl starts stripping, he's like, uh, never mind, because he's... That's weird. Because he wants to see him naked. But he knows it's O.C. and Stiggs. Maybe he wants to see their dongles. <laughs> O.C. and Stig dongles. O.C. dongle, Stig's dongle. I, I, uh-huh. <laughs> you can Does say dongle. dongle. Well, uh, my dongle, Mike dongle doesn't make any sense, but O.C. dongle does. Come on, sluts. All right, so here's some YouTube so nudity. Goes, no, never mind. <laughs> See the way he acts right now? You know he's got comedic chops, this one. Oh, but this movie doesn't do it. He's doing what the director wants him to do, which is admirable. Right. Yeah, but John Cryer, you know, his movie career, he did a movie called Hiding Out, which I, I think okay. he directed, where he's like a young cop who goes back to high school undercover uh-huh. and uh, like never been kissed, I guess. Oh, no, no, he's being chased by the mob and he goes witness protection. I was hiding out, but it wasn't very successful. And, Did I see it? Yeah. Did you see it? No, I'm asking if I should. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it has a lot of flagship Boston locales which still exist, so it's kind of cool to see him from the 80s, like diners okay. and stuff. Whoa! Naked ass. Yeah, that almost looked like she was wearing underwear. It was so white. Yeah, well, that's the Arizona sun, I guess. <laughs> there it is. Your YouTube nudity, male and female. Butt tucks. As directed by Robert Altman. Home invasion. I mean, you know it's those kids. Don't act surprised. There's he's drinking there while the character from Nashville speaks in the background. I mean, like, what does the author think? Like, the audience is going to be laughing. Oh, she's drinking again. 
Right, I that's her only it. thing. But that's a that's actually a very serious thing that that they're making light of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she has oh, the right. funny line about the cop, let your father play with the police officer. Then she blows off that lady in the wedding. That was very funny. Oh, this is Martin Mull. Yeah. Oh, he's the neighbor. Right, he's like this lackadaisical hipster. You know, I might be the only Martin Mull fan in the world. Um, in the 80s, he had like, before, uh, actually around the same time as this, 84, 83, something. He had like HBO specials. Yeah. He was in Mr. Mom. He had a history of white people on HBO. History of white people. That was a special on HBO. Oh, his vanity plates is cool. There was this um, history of white people. He did a lot of great. White people are in history. Well, yeah, I mean, it's 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 probably the definitive take on that joke. Uh, He did a lot of comedy albums, Saxon violins. A lot of and they're really funny. His his albums are funny. They're musical uh, recordings and they're, they're funny songs. He coined the phrase that high, um, Hollywood is like high school with money. Well, that's not really a coiner phrase. That's more of a quotation. <laughs> oh, uh, he coined the phrase high school with correct. money. That's a phrase, high school with money. Hollywood, Hollywood. is, there's a verb and a noun and a like, subject. That's like. a sentence. That's a quotation. That's not a coiner <laughs> phrase. Brad Pack. Brad Pack is a coin. He coined the phrase Brad Pack. He didn't coin the phrase. There is a pack that has a bunch of rats in it. (laughs) That's a quotation. Well, you know, we learn from our mistakes, and boy, did I gaff here. You gaffed hard. You bonered. There's two guys with their shirt off, and you bonered. Uh, see, the thing is that they just wander into his yard, and next thing you know, he's their best friend having drinks. Right. Introducing to his wife. and. Well, what's funny, too, is that the, the sluts are dressed, and these guys still have their shirts off, these platonic friends of theirs. <laughs> he just named... Wait, let me listen. All right, go listen. Oh, yeah, Afro D... Okay, so those are like African garbs, and he can't sell a one. And he's bemoaning the fact that he's not successful, and they call him Afri- African Diziacs or something like that. And he goes, what did you just say? And they become a hit. And he like gives them part of the money. So there's a lot of uh, African continent culture in this yeah. movie? I wouldn't call it culture, yes. Well, I mean, it's just weird that in, in this it's a suburb, there's all these weird references to it. He's wearing the oh, Brady um, Bunch shirt. The joke here is that... She's going to drink from a hidden object. Where's my milk? Okay. Um, John Fryer doesn't sleepwalk. He sleep reads or something like that. He's asleep right now is the joke. And he's going to drink his mother's alcohol? Right, don't drink the milk. It was a mistake. It was a mistake. He was sleep reading. Did you yeah, he's me? like, the milk is sour. <laughs> the milk is sour. Don't drink the milk. The milk's sour. Now, she's bumping into pornography right now. What do you mean? Oh, he's reading porno? Yeah. This and is so, so confusing. She, the mother, takes it. And she goes, don't touch my bourbon milk. I mean, buttermilk. 
And it's like, <laughs> like, it's sour. See, it's hard to riff a movie like this when they're giving out such gems as bourbon milk. Don't tell me bourbon milk. Well, that's also a play of the W.C. Fields who put, you know, lemonade in my lemonade. The old mash joke. Mash the, the TV mash series. The mash joke? Say it again? Well, in, in the TV series, Hawkeye and VJ would always kind of make jokes about their alcohol. But it, it's W.C. Fields yeah. who say, you know, somebody put a lem- who put lemonade in my lemonade. They had the skill, right? Yeah, well, I, I don't know if it was... I don't know the story if it was in a movie or, like, a story that, that he was supposed to have alcohol in it and he took a sip and he said, he put lemonade in my lemonade. So now Cynthia Nixon comes over to do two things. One is to say, I didn't appreciate you showing up and screwing up my, you know, right. date. And also the second thing is she likes him. You know, so she's giving him the chance to apologize. But the dad ruins it. That's the nice thing about being young is that you can go on a date and then a boy that you kind of like shows up with sluts and then the next day you show up and you hook up. <laughs> yeah, she sat on the open cuffs. Those aren't really like real cuffs. She's so young here. I know, it's insane. Her hair is un- unfortunate. She doesn't look anything. Well, whatever. I really liked him as Popeye's dad. Oh, Ray Wilson, yeah. And he really looked like, you know, in his costume, he looked like Robin Williams. Yeah. Robin Williams shows up at the beginning and he's like, you're my dad. He goes, no, you're not, I'm not your dad. He goes, well, you got the same pretty eye. And he goes, ah, everybody has a pretty <laughs> eye. You remember, he goes through it all again. The same big forearm. <laughs> and he goes, you got the same cab, cob, what is it, pipe? What is it, cob cab? cab? Corn, corn cob pipe. Yeah. Yeah. And he goes, you can't inherit the pipe. <laughs> <laughs> you can't inherit the pipe. Yeah. So then... Popeye rejects the father towards the end of the movie. And the father's going to Popeye going, it's like, we're totally related. you got the same squinty eye. And Popeye's like, everybody's got a squinty eye. <laughs> right, of course. I really liked him in that movie. By the way, that movie was very good until the third act when it just like went south. They just tacked on an ending and ended it. It wasn't good, but it had potential, that movie. Popeye was a weird movie. I saw that in, in New Jersey. The very first Robin Williams movie. That is correct. Isn't that crazy? It was a, he leaded it. It was the lead. Yeah. And he was really good in it. He really did. He had, yeah. he had a, like some magic with olive oil with Shelley Duvall. It was endearing. So, you know, that whole and, movie was like, here is the beloved car- uh, cultural phenomenon. And it's directed by Robert Oldman. It was written by Jules Pfeiffer, the, who, mm-hmm. you know, worked on the, the Spirit back in the day. And, you know, of course, did right. the Village Voice cartoon. And he was a, a playwright anyway. It was So it's, it's a, a big pedigree. You should read stories about that that movie, Anecdotes, because... They, was just, they were in the Caribbean and just things were crazy. They didn't, he didn't, um, no real spinach was eaten in that film. No spinach was harmed. 
and well, making a if they shot in the Caribbean, they must have really had to use canned spinach because they couldn't have any, I don't know, fresh spinach. So are they, what, is it, what are they at now? Like they, we, they had a wedding okay, in this so now, movie and then they still are going to shit. Now it's going to be the school play and the two gay teachers are uh, doing it. And for some reason, those instincts are now against them and they, the African band comes in and performs and ruins everything. Something like that. I don't know. It's so weird because they ruined the wedding in the beginning of this movie. So how can they top of ruining a wedding? Well, well, for the closer, we'll ruin a school play by having a, a professional band play. Yeah, and like she just yelled at her, and she runs off. This, this, uh, who knows who character? This movie makes no sense. It doesn't follow any rules. It's not funny. Which I mean, it would be okay if it was funny, not to follow the rules, but it's so weird. I mean, it's it's based on a National Lampoon issue, Robert Oldman. And then by the time this movie is done, it's just these characters going this direction, and, and there's no reason. And what's going on here? He's dressed like a waiter with the bow tie, and the I other one is dressed night. like a cook. What's that? Well, they have a production, and the director is dressed for opening night, and the other one's dressed backstage. But then how do you explain his lovers like in a, in a chef's outfit? I don't know. Okay, maybe that's all they have. Uh, oh, oh. This is this is a sad scene. Oh, this is, he, if they're, your kids are watching right now, they need to leave for this scene. There's gonna be some. He's dead. Yeah. He passed out. You know, I was watching uh, Weekend at Bernie's last night. Weekend at Bernie's, right. Yeah. That was good. This reminds me of the scene in Weekend at Bernie's. I know. Well, now, why not if Dave is dead, but our <laughs> boss is coming over. What are we going to do? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, but the, the motivation in Bernie was so selfish. Like, they were enjoying a great weekend. And so the pretty and pink guy. <laughs> Andrew McCarthy. Yeah. Like, the other guy was level The single guy, so Jonathan horrible. Silverman. <laughs> so... The pretty and pink guy whose name he just said. Andrew it? McCarthy. Andrew McCarthy's like, let's selfishly exploit his house and him. And just by having the body. Point. Yeah. So now they're oh, all yeah, out of now school. Ginger's bitter. Why do they dress like Arabs, as it were? I don't know. It makes this, no sense, this movie. Oh, I love these kind of dinner theaters. This is a classic dinner theater, or they have tiered seating. So they're not at the high school. Well, maybe they are, but they have like tables and and uh, uh, dinner it is service. The same place. Now I understand why. Here we go. Oh, you know, hey, turn the music off, Carl. Go ahead and hit mute. Oh. I just don't want to hear the band on the on my show. Not that I don't like this band. I just don't like having got for reasons, I guess. Okay, it's off. But listen, the real reason you want the music is off for is for copyright. Yeah, copyright reasons. But I, but but Mike, you cannot be sued if you make no money. Yeah, but uh, Carl, I mean, I'm I'm having the the background of the music, uh, the movie, and on the podcast as kind of a mm-hmm. fair use kind of feel. So we have a, some kind of texture to this thing. But I don't need like right. I don't need to have this guy's performance on it. And while I talk over it. I personally did not enjoy their performance. I think you said that you did like them. Yeah, I like them. You liked their version of 
Oh, that was a joke, right? right. That was a joke. Remember that joke? I told a lot of jokes. Remember I did the apocalypse now? It was a typo. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what was the, the typo? I didn't get it. It's apocalypse, then the next word is K-N-O-W. No. Apocalypse, no? Yeah, like, don't you know the apocalypse? I see, I see. Look, Jane Curtin's in a bar and she's not drinking. She's not. Oh, well, she has no little device. Like, she has all these weird knickknacks. It, it's that's uh you had yeah. talked about Robert Altman throwing... Bird poop. Bird Okay, yeah. There's something sort of... I don't know. In MASH... The movie. Yeah, they... There's a story about on MASH that they wanted to um, get Robert Altman fired. It was Elliot Gould and Donald Sutherland. <laughs> really? They wanted him, yeah, because he was, had unorthodox filming methods, and they weren't successful. Um, so I guess maybe this Robert Altman had problems. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he was definitely... I, I do feel like the player really helped him. And he kind of made films that were very similar to the player afterwards. He kind of stuck to a safe space where, well, I made a film that made fun of the movie industry. Now my film make, it makes fun of fashion industry. Now my film makes fun of the okay. ballet industry. And my film makes fun of, you know, it's yeah. Prairie Home Companion. So it's oh right, he did that right. Yeah, which is another kind of like insular kind of parody. So he kind of made himself into a cottage industry, which is fine. I mean, the guy is a very good was a very good director, uh, and I do feel like I'm looking more at the train wrecks of the great directors than like their actual <laughs> good films. <laughs> like this, this movie is fun to watch because you, if you ever see a Robert Ol a good Robert Altman movie, Shortcuts, I would recommend. Yeah, it, you we can sit and enjoy it, but this film was, you know, a misfire. He went and did a film, and this is what it is, and they and didn't he, release it. They never released this film. I mean, it's so you know, bad. It it has all the right elements too, uh, the right actors, and so I should tell you the last funny joke of this movie before it shows up, since we're waiting. Yeah, sure, and then let's tell some other jokes. Okay, so there's there. For some reason, Stig's family is like, we can't make it here anymore, and so we're going to move to Arkansas. Oh, no, from Arizona to Arkansas. Yeah. And so the mom is talking about, one of the boys talks about cactuses in Arkansas. You know, I think it was a joke. And the mom is like, do they have cactuses in Arkansas? You know, they, and the father says, Arkansas is one of the United States. All America is the same. <laughs> he, he says it funny he says it funny like he's oblivious like he all America is the same of course they have cactuses no I like you telling me jokes because as I don't want to have the, the, the songs in the, uh, on our show the song has been going on for a while this, yeah, no, it's And it's way all white people long. dancing to a black performer, which, again, this is not uncommon in National Lampoon movies, where they have Otis Day performing to the togas. They have class, Chuck Berry playing to the classroom union. You know, I just find it insidious, you know, like... Yeah. This is the entertainment. It's that, you know... They're uh, exploiting. Okay, very I'll exploiting. tell jokes. Um, oh, let's tell jokes about this. Sorry. So I went to uh, okay. a class play... And the yes. next thing you know, King Sunday and Daisy's performing. And I was like, this isn't in the playbill. There we go. I wrote a joke, right? Boom. 
Go ahead, I dare you. Go ahead and make it. Well, because, you know, I went to a theater performance which has a playbill. There was no mention that it would be. Oh, they they came out and they said the lead player uh, performer is sick. So in his place, King Sunny a Day and then his African beats. Oh, she finally passed out. Cut to to the golf course. Cut to the golf course. How do you, the hell do you get out of that? I don't know, but here's the golf course. (laughs) Jane Curtin's head hit the ground. Uh, Oh, she passed out? Oh, that's right. This is um, is more psychological torture. uh. You ever have sex on a golf course, Carl? Talk about a hole-in-one, right? (laughs) (laughs) I did it with the birdie. Yeah, we have a friend came. That's the English. When you do it with a partner, it's a double bogey. <laughs> did you wear a condom or did you play it in the rough? Play through the I, rough. I pulled the flag out of her ass. <laughs> That's a good goal joke. I, I got all in one. I was like, oh my God, I'm not doing this on the green. Wait, no, that's Where the hour. fuck do they live? Like, oh, we're poor little rich boys that live next to a fucking private golf course and uh, mm-hmm. big mansions. And they can afford to put a grave. They can afford to do whatever the fuck they want. Let's go to Mexico yeah. in the middle of our own movie. What the fuck? We like lobsters and stamps, but we hate, we hate the bourgeoisie. Now they're dressed now they're like football foot- players. Yeah. Oh, uh, here there we go. He Here's Bobby Euchre. Look at him. Yeah. He's in his fucking prime. How the fuck? What, why is Bobby Euchre in this movie? Why is the guy from a Bud Light commercial? Yeah. A sportscaster. He's, he's a baseball player making fun of football players. He says, football players go to camp. Who else goes to camp? Girl Scouts. <laughs> Martin Bull. Here's my mall. Maybe we're gonna learn that the thing was a hit. So he's in a Miami, Miami Vice. The, the white uh, Miami Vice jacket. Yeah. So Martin Mall says to Bobby Euchre in 1984, "You motherfucker! Why wasn't I able to be a guest uh, on uh, Mr. Velveteer? I could explain, Martin. <laughs> if we weren't right for the role, we decided to go with Paul Dooley." <laughs> So he's just like some rich tech dude. He's Peter Thiel. Marmol. He doesn't really have jokes, you know. Well, he's acting in this movie. You can feel that he's an actual, like... See, I guess he's thing. acting. He's like a wasted resource because he's a very funny man. Yeah, oh, everyone here is top of their game. Look at these yeah, guys. They're so buff. I'm so turned on by OC Instincts. I've seen their stomach more times than I've seen my stomach. Look, they're touching okay, each other. Lobster, more lobster. Observation and Primal Scream. They have a little sign there. Oh, is that the movie? There Primal was the Scream. virtual reality. Uh, Primal Scream was a film they did. No, that's a band. Silent Scream is what I'm taking note of. It. I think I'm thinking of sensory deprivation movie. Oh, Love House. <laughs> Where are my <laughs> <laughs> See, she's 
So the love houses. This is in the magazine article. It's a. Um, well, by the way, this is the sound coming from your line. I have it on mute. Oh, she found the drink. Yeah, it was up in the tree. It was next to Robert Altman throwing dog poop, uh, bird poop from the tree. She is so happy. You know what was sad is that Jane Curtin didn't realize the cameras were rolling. I can't hear you well. I'm sorry, what did you think? Hey, lower, lower your volume, sir. Okay. I said the sad thing is that Jane Curtin uh, didn't realize the cameras were rolling during this movie. <laughs> she just drink it? Yeah. He referenced his Legos just then. Maybe they knew it was the funniest part of the... Oh, they called back the Legos. Uh, okay. So they bring so, in the drug addicts next door at the Love House. Right. OC and For Six some Love reason, House. they have permission to invade uh, the insurance guy's house. And the mother's cool with it, and so are the children. I don't know why. And they put the love house above. Yeah. It says, beware of dog. So anyway, the dad's going to talking come about home. this movie. <laughs> oh, here's another do not enter. Dun, 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 dun. It's like uh, get smart. It's different doors you have to go through. Is that the slut? The sluts are nurses now. For junkies. This is so weird. Like, there's another thing about weird movies like this is that can you, a bad movie role, can you picture yourself in a movie theater watching this movie? Uh, you mean and continuing to watch it? Like, not. Yeah, like you paid, you know, seven fifty, <laughs> and you got a soda and you got a popcorn and you sat down and you watched some trailers. And then this now, movie is just like, the camera's still, still moving. Stop moving, camera. Stop zooming in. Oh, there you go. Well, it depends. What year is it? Because that makes a real big difference if you're going to tolerate a movie in the theater. But if you see this scene, which is just people walking into a building while they're talking, like, I don't know, like, you feel kind of ripped off. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, because you're expecting to see a movie in a movie theater. Well, you see, if it's, if it's like the 1970s, all yeah. you could do was see the movie. Unless it was picked up by television, like Westworld or something, you weren't going to see it again. So you would stay. Right, I see what you're saying. And there might be a double feature where there's a crummier movie attached to a better movie. Very well, yeah. Yeah. If it's the 80s, now you have VHS. Yes. Right? Uh, And... I'll look another drink. Well, they all the uh, all the guys in rehab are finding the hidden bottles. The guy already found the binoculars. This guy, who the fuck Did is this guy? Did you ever see the? Oh, you he's rec- you recognize him? Yeah, he's like a uh, black hole. He's so like, who gives a shit about that guy? I'm sorry. Uh, it's <laughs> another lobster joke. He's uh, they're they're invading the hot tub by by using lobster as a cigarette holder. <laughs> we'll have we'll have a smoke inside the hot tub. Do you allow the people smoking cigarettes in your hot tub? Would you allow this? Uh, uh, hot tub yes, rules? Yes, I would allow it. Just because it's you guys. Okay, so if I'm in your hot tub, your outdoor hot tub, and uh, I, can I, am I allowed to smoke cigarettes? Is Sandy home? Is your wife home? Okay, yes. <laughs> okay, then no. Okay. I... I 
Sandy, I don't know what happened. I, I do not appreciate this, and I will speak with Michael. Okay, Sandy has to go out. <laughs> okay, Sandy's not home. Sandy's not home. Do, yeah. may I, do you have? Can I? Do you have an extra? Yeah, you want to have an extra cigarette here? Come yeah, to the hot tub. Have a smoke with me. Hey, uh, can I eat in your hot tub? Sandy, <laughs> Sandy's home for this question. Sandy is home. Your wife is home. Uh, Michael, please. Yes. I don't know what happened, Sandy. I, I think this is outrageous. I will speak with Michael. Not what we do. So, okay, so your wife just left the, the house. <laughs> okay. All right. Can, hey, can I eat lobster in your hot tub? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. the thing is. It's got to be a food that can get soggy in the school. Well, a lobster will get soggy. It'll fall through. Yeah. 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 The lobster might wake up and come back to life. <laughs> Reanimate. Second <laughs> <like a> gasp. <laughs> like James Bond in Casino right? Royale. He just snaps up. Yeah, it's super hot. That was a quick boil. So I uh, must return to the film now. No, I have one Please? more question about your hot tub. Can, Carl, can okay. I use a uh, food as a cigarette lighter and smoke cigarettes in your hot tub? If it's a flaming, uh, one of those flambés, then. <laughs> oh, well, all right. What about your wife? All right, there we go. Okay, so here we go. Oh. I will. We get back to the movie. That was the. Well, number one, the guy comes home. Okay. Duly. And he's all upset, and he's. This is the point in which it's like. It's like fuck you. <laughs> See, look, this TV is Nashville. a guy from Nashville. Is that weird? Yeah, it is. Why is he there? Okay. This is a bomb shelter kind of thing. And the Jane Curtin let them in by a mistake. Uh, the other thing that happened is uh, <laughs> Mr. Insurance came home. Right. And he's outraged that all these people. These uh, drug addicts. Okay. So he's chasing now. To their bomb shelter. And there, there's, see, just punch the national guy. They've been caught. Look at them, the way they run around. Is this sped up like an old-timey movie? What a nice bomb shelter, though. Now, this is the standoff. Oh, he's trying to get the guns in the bomb shelter. Don't you just hate that, people? Yeah, now, the thing I don't understand is it doesn't descend. Like, like there's a, a, a walkway. It's all parallel. Like, it doesn't make sense. I don't know. A bomb shelter wouldn't have. A bomb shelter would be underground. Right. Okay, so this scene goes on way too long for what it logically. They're shooting fireworks in the tunnel to his bunker. Yeah, Roman Roman candle. So he's going back upstairs. So that I see. Yeah, that's no, that's where his thing is. It's in the basement. Now what they're trying to do now is make it seem like. They're under siege, and they will phone for help. You see. Okay. Okay. Here we are. But it just doesn't hold up to the. I mean, the door's wide open. All they have to do is walk in there. This sort of reminds me of the movie Toys with Robin Williams at the end, where they just have things exploding in the in the in the factory. The Which film? Toys. It's a great Christmas movie. You know a bad movie when there's a Christmas movie that has original Christmas songs and you never hear those Christmas songs again. Like yeah, they're the only Christmas songs you'll never hear every year. Because <laughs> every year they do the go around. That's a way for a star to like. Every star does that. They make a Christmas, Christmas album. album. Yeah, sure. Or like even uh, the night before, which with with Seth Rogen, it's like, well, I'm Jewish, but here's my Christmas movie. 
<laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Remember he gives the um he gives the high five to the Rabbis? Yeah, he wasn't a high five. It was like a nod. It was like a yeah, like a, what's up? Because he's wearing a, a Christmas sweater with a star of David on it. Do you remember he had the mushrooms going on while he was in church? Sure, I remember that scene. It's, what he w- said is it didn't make sense. He was like, "Who is that guy?" As if he didn't know. You know what I mean? Like well, that wasn't you know, believable. There's such a thing as a film that has conflict, and the conflict was that his wife gave him drugs. And he ate the drugs in the first 10 minutes of the movie, and then the rest of the movie goes, Well, I shouldn't have eaten those drugs. The wife gave him every chance to leave. Yeah. Like, oh, Midnight coming. Mass. Get out of here. Yeah. No. Yeah, it's We're like, rounding the corner. Get out of here. This is a crazy set of circumstances. I gave my husband drugs. He shows up, and he won't leave. <laughs> you remember he was trying to look normal? Yeah, right. How about now? Well, that I can relate to as a Jew and Christmas mass. You know, you try to you try to look normal. You try to look like. <laughs> no, he was in the limo with his friends. They're like, "What's wrong with you?" That movie was weird because it was like everything references another Christmas movie. So there's a woman who's like a Grinch, and then there's a woman who gives <laughs> yeah. a speech like Hans Gruber from Die Hard because that's a Christmas movie. That's the only yeah. reason. And then there's he an angel. He alone me. He home alone That's another movie, Christmas movie. It's a Christmas movie that references Christmas movies. You see what I'm saying here? It's way too long that they're under siege. Yeah. Especially with the door wide open, and all he's got to do is walk in there. Uh, so Dennis Hopper is in a helicopter. The joke here is what 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 house? I can't see. Well, that's what the whole joke is supposed to be. These these sprawling suburban uh, mansions. Yeah. And that they have their own little weird uh, family universe crap. Family universe crap. You know what I'm talking about, the family universe crap. I love how he shoots it. I mean, you can totally hear the conversation in a helicopter. Oh, yeah. Meanwhile, back in the bunker. Right. That looks like an art exhibit that they shot it in. Are they it's shooting the helicopter shooting? No, that's just the light of it landing. Yeah, it's just a flashing. Oh, here's a drinking game. You have to drink every time a helicopter lands in this movie. Glug, glug, glug. Well, you would hardly be drunk, though. Yeah, I know. It's a pretty lame drinking game. But there was a helicopter landing in this movie. I bet you didn't expect that. <laughs> Make it a tall one. <laughs> By the way, Bud Light tastes great. Carl. <laughs> Michael, again with this. Did you know we were talking in the last episode about the last Pentango in Paris controversy? I read up a little yeah. bit more about it. It wasn't actual. It was acted out, Carl. It wasn't an actual. Uh, it wasn't okay. Oh, right. That but, makes me feel better. Yeah, but it was not consensual. She she did not want to do that scene. Okay, so her objection was to the scene. Yeah, that not, she didn't want. But it was also you know it was a rape scene, so she didn't want to do the rape scene. They just went ahead and did it. Right, understood. Yeah, that's to get to get a reaction. So, (laughs) he's the husband. Yeah. Yeah. And he's he's. So they got like twenty people upstairs, and then downstairs they're shooting off Roman candles. House of a Thousand Corpses. Now he says, nice I'll take you to him, but he doesn't know where he is. 
He figured he must be in the bunker, or maybe he's just one stance down there. If this was House of a Thousand Corpses, there'd be like all these like bones and shit around. Freeze! Do they know each other? No. That's weird. When a real vet shows up into here. Heidi Hole. Okay, there we go. See, you see how, like, I came to rescue them, but all they had to do was run past. Yeah, sure. It's just Paul Dooley. He didn't he need to get a fucking helicopter. Yeah, and, and I don't know. It just doesn't hold up. They've got a grenade. and Now watch. This grenade is over the top. And how did it get night all of a sudden? Remember the chopper just landed? Now it's night. They had one take. Oh my god, that grenade just blew up all the fireworks. A grenade did... Oh, that's the Maybe planet. there's fireworks in there. Oh, Was there fireworks? Because okay. they were shooting with fireworks. I just maybe... But yeah. Alright, so now it makes Now the sense, sun is but... setting. Yeah, this is, you know, they did this in one take. They couldn't really afford to uh, say, you know what, the light so is wrong. So the sun went down on them? Yeah, I mean, what are they going to do? Like, reshoot it because the lighting is wrong and that? You're the only and one who went that. that chopper again? No way. If this film came out in 87 on video cassette. 29 years later, you one person notices that the lighting is wrong. <laughs> now, um, where they go also doesn't make sense. <laughs> Because now he's off to visit Cynthia Nixon. Oh, I see. You know, it is a kind of a beautiful uh, area that they live in. Like, the sun looks gorgeous. The house from overhead. You just went to Arizona. I did. Whenever I go to Arizona. Uh, you were in Phoenix for what? A, de- a week? Uh, for a wedding? What was it? I was actually uh, outside of uh, somewhere. Yeah, I went for a wedding. Chandler. Chandler, mm-hmm. Arizona. Loved it. It was right next to a mall. Went to the mall. Just glorious mall. Chandler, Arizona. I know of that. I've never been there. A company you know, that I worked with. Well, not not your friend Chandler, Arizona. His actual. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh. He I was my it. favorite friend, Chandler. <laughs> Chandler, sure. Chandler, Arizona. I remember Chandler. So why is Paul Dooley in a helicopter? He got abducted by uh, crazy vets. Yeah, what is this movie so bad? <laughs> it is really bad. Well, we did this for Bad Movie Night, which was... Good choice. Which, you know, the audience paid to hear three people on a mic heckle a movie. Uh, you know, Mystery <laughs> Science Theater style. And people, you know, the, the my co-host couldn't just fucking deal with this movie. You can't deal with this movie. <laughs> this is what we were saying at the end of this film. Like, what are we watching? They threw him in the waiting pool. Well, thank God. Oh, sorry, we meant to get the stunt double for it. Anyway, end cut. Print. <laughs> he Same. was low enough. He... But, like, it's not a helicopter. It's just something they're hanging, shooting off of. Look at that. Like, how noisy is that helicopter? <laughs> it was a one-day rental. Did you think at the beginning of this movie, you go, this is probably how this film's going to end? <laughs> With a helicopter and fireworks and a... Oh, they it is the beginning. It's this Big Sur thing that we saw in the opening credits, which makes no sense why they would wind up there at the end, unless they had brought Yeah, them. and also the Cynthia Nixon character showed up at the wedding, which was like at minute 45. Right. This thing doesn't follow any of the rules, which is maybe okay if it was good. But uh, 
Oh, this, by the way, is not a good way to, to impress a woman on a first date. <laughs> is to put down a ladder from a helicopter. Oh, I would be like, yeah, come on, climb up. Come on, I'll take you to Red Lobster. You know, Batman looks more realistic. <laughs> Watching them climb up and down ladders and ride a helicopter. Yeah, I think that's really OC. I think that's really... But that's not a real helicopter hanging over a building. That has to be like some kind of weird prop. That's a real helicopter? He really I did think that. So. And he climbed in the second story of a, of a house. They never kissed before this moment. Well, you know what? He came down from a helicopter to her house. Yeah. Oh, that was in that like Vegas movie with with Paul uh with the Godfather guy and 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 uh and Sex and the City woman and Nicolas Cage. Oh, Leaving Las Vegas? He's no, like, no, the blind no. Elvis? But yeah, right. He's like, I lost her. Boss, you don't know that. He goes, yeah, yeah. he parachuted from a helicopter. You know, <laughs> yes, I lost her. Honeymoon in Vegas. Yeah, I would marry him. They're eating cacti jelly to refer to the location. Yeah, here comes the cactus joke, by the way. Arkansas. This movie's still going on. I thought it's over. Arkansas, okay. Arkansas, okay. Carl, let's act like we were acting in this movie. Go ahead and say something. I'm going to go say something. By the way, this is all coming from your phone. <laughs> I haven't been muting this this whole time. Wait, here it goes. <laughs> that, that's the third funny joke in this movie. That, yeah. and I like that you your homework. You, yeah. Oh, thank God. Speaking of cacti. Well, that makes sense that this is the end because we're almost at the end of our show anyway. Yeah, you got yeah. like five minutes left. That's it. Wow. Uh, Carl, where can people see you? Uh, I guess I don't have anything scheduled sounds good to me uh, I'll be doing uh, New Year's Eve I'll be hosting a show over at the layover in Oakland why don't you just come by check it out shows at 7 uh, doors open at 6.30 $10 stay for all night uh, and uh, I'll be in Sketchfest there I got our plugs out of the way we promoted ourselves uh, <clears throat> just want to prepare ourselves like I feel like this is one of the shows where as a performer you, at the end of the show towards the end of the show you put your jacket on <laughs> Right, you know, yeah. you put your keys yeah. back in your pants, and mm -hmm. this show's still going on. But you know, one time someone got really mad at me, a producer, because uh, there was a current call for a, a show, and uh -huh. there was different performers talking about the same theme, and the show was going on really long. And I put my jacket on and my backpack, and I got on stage <laughs> at the current call, and I had my backpack and my jacket, and I was like ready to leave the theater. <laughs> <laughs> she was really upset with me because yeah. they, that was stupid of me. <laughs> uh, by the way, they just got given their money by Martin Moe, so now they have forty thousand dollars. Oh, so they could get a good something nice for the dad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Uh, now you turn the sound off for Gabriel. Put a little sound here. 
Mike, you pick good movies, and I don't mean they're good. Good choice. <laughs> good choice movies. Yeah. Well, I love this movie, and uh, the more people that see it, the better. And uh, I don't think it's really been overused in the world of bad movies, but it definitely hits the definition. And this is our series of National Lampoon movies. No one really knows this film exists, but it does. It's based on Lampoon's story, directed by The Element. I half Thank expect, you, like, they do know it. I like that vehicle. That's one of the only fun things about this movie. They're, they're crazy. Oh, they're driving off. Here goes the credits. Uh, yeah, look at all these people home. in this film. It's funny, the main characters, I don't really know who they are, but they definitely did their job. Great choice, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Last week was a good one, too. You know? yeah. I think you've got oh, a winner in that. They found another hydraulic car. Car with hydraulics in it. All these people in it. Let's see the Hopper. See Jefferson Martin Washington. Moe. I think that guy is from Nashville, the character. Van Peoples, Cynthia Nixon. Yeah. Well, that's a good one. Bob Luger is there, see that? Yeah, that's so crazy. Playing himself. Or playing a character of himself. So was that during Mr. Belvedere when this film came out? Like, was he acting in Hollywood? Well, if it's 1984 this was shot, that yeah. means 83 it was being filmed. So it seems a little early, right? right. Mr. Belvedere was a... Mr. I, that was like a mid-80s sitcom. Yeah, mid, See, look, based so... on a story from National Lampoon Magazine, thank you. Wow. That's what I waited they... for, this whole movie. They, Some acknowledgement. Yeah, they really threw that in at the end yeah. when you wouldn't notice it. Wow, that was crazy. Whose flag is that? Uh, you're asking me? I don't know. <laughs> Arizona. It's the Arizona, it's the yeah. Arizona flag. I guess this is Phoenix because it's the only city that would have a high rise in it. You know, maybe we're wrong and this is New Mexico. Maybe they'll say, like, shot at it at the end of the film. So let's hang out to the bitter end. And I do mean bitter. Now they're just fucking driving around. Now they're just fucking right. with us. Now they're uh, in the desert. They're like, you know what? There's more to our world than the Schwabs, but we're only going to show it to you during the end credits. We like to go driving and stuff. So yeah, Robert Altman made a couple other films around this time, and I noticed they are on YouTube, including one that I've been dying to see, so I may do that next week. Silent Honor. Oh, you're stepping away from National Lampoon at this point? Yeah, I mean, like, I think with National if I could find more National Lampoon movies, we should do it. Arizona Movies, Phoenix, mm -hmm. uh, The Big Tent Sheet and Contour Chairs, Radio Jingles Courtesy, so it was shot in Arizona. Mm -hmm. 1985, yeah. it says. That's probably a post-production date. Yeah, you know, well, when they have like to get the copyright editing. out. Right. So it's shot in '84. They got the copyright info down in '85, and then it was released on video cassette. Because you never seen this movie on TV. It doesn't play on the Ovation cable channel, or like you never seen this on a cable channel, right? Oh, all right. That's very nice. Yeah, very nice. Very nice. 
<laughs> oh man, that was so cool, uh, Carl. That was such a, a blast, and I want to thank you Mike. so much. Uh, you know, you're always always welcome. Uh, Thanks, man. Yeah, I, I uh, love this show. I love this show. It's heard coast to coast. I'm hearing it here in in San Francisco, and you're hearing it in New Jersey. Yeah. Those those That's are two right. coasts, right? Coast, coast so it's coast to coast. We're two people are listening, and uh, we uh, Carl and I used to do a public access show, and when we said used to back in 1991, and Carl. Go ahead. Tell me about uh, what you've been doing. Well, there's a new Fishburgers YouTube channel, and I kind of don't know how to get you there. But if you like go to fish, if you go to YouTube and you put in like Fishburger Street or what's the name of the channel? Is it like Fishburgers? Yeah, that's its name. Yeah, so go ahead. Believe it or not. So go ahead into YouTube and just type in Fishburgers, and it will let you. and look for the channel named Fishburgers. And there's some clips of Carl and I back when we were young and like had uh, some physique uh, looking. And there are yeah. clips from our public, New Jersey public access show from 25 years ago.